All right. So welcome um, to our Bible Institute. And uh, I always start by saying we have a Bible Institute. Most of you know that you're here, but if you watch online, you probably know it as well. So I don't know why I keep saying it, but we've got one. And uh, you can earn degrees. And right now we're working on the Old Testament survey. And this will count as a course. And actually, this Old Testament survey will probably be at least three courses by the time we're done. So we'll break them into 12 sort of lessons, and you can follow along, get courses done that way. Don't forget, we wrap our, we do our Sunday messages into courses as well. So if you didn't know that, that whole Be the Church thing will be a course. It will probably be, I don't know how long it'll be, but it'll be, it'll be, I got a lot to say. And I do it in 22-minute chunks, so it takes a while. Um, but we're working through this together along with other students that have, uh, are signing up. And so that's very cool. And new students are joining the Bible Institute every week. And I think we were at 836, 838, I don't know, quite a few students. So that's very, very good. So we're going to be looking at um, the book of Ruth together tonight. Um, and I like the book of Ruth. So uh, some of this has weaved its way into sermons before just because I'm fascinated by it. But you should know it. It's a, it's a great book. And uh, actually, we just did Judges. And so um, in, in the original Hebrew Bible, uh, Judges was a, uh, Ruth was a part of the book of Judges. So I said last week, we sort of said as you got towards the end of Judges, there was a couple of like chapters that were like appendixes, appendix one and appendix two. So Ruth was sort of like a, a, the third appendix to the book of Judges. And so it was included in that book. When you, when you read... Um, if you ever read Josephus for any reason, uh, the way that they grouped the Bible back then, the, Josephus said they had 22 books that compromised, uh, that uh, compromised, that comprised the Old Testament. Didn't compromise it, comprised it, and uh, because the books were broken down, they they do they do break into the 39 books we have in the Old Testament. We have the same thing, but some books were added, and this happened to be one. Ruth was a part of the Book of Judges, and. Um, so uh, Ruth takes place during that time. The time of Judges uh, is a very dark period of Israel's history. And uh, we were, I was just talking with somebody about some of those stories early. There's some really terrible stories throughout the book of Judges, the things that happen, people's depravity. Um, the overall picture in, in Judges is that people uh, are, are doing what they think is right in their own eyes. And that may be the scariest statement of things that are going on in that period. Um, and... Um, because it's not right, and they 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 have forgotten the ways of God. They've already got it all interspersed with all this other uh, occultic religion around them, and uh, it's a nightmare. It's a mess. It's a problem. And and remember, I also said that we we learned about the sin cycle last week that runs throughout the Book of Judges, where where they kind of get close to God for a little while, and God comes in and straightens them out and delivers them, and they immediately go back to worshiping false gods, and then. Somebody else comes in and oppresses them, and that's the cycle that they're trapped in throughout. Um, but Ruth is a, is a sort of a ray of hope through all of that. Um, Ruth really deals with the idea of redemption. Um, perhaps it's the clearest picture of redemption we might have uh, in, in the book, in the whole thing. Uh, at least one of them. It's a great story and always worth looking at. And so, one of my favorites. So, let's read a few verses and then we'll chat. Ruth 1, 1 through 5. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. 
And the man's name was Elimelech. Did I do that the last time? Elimelech always makes me go, Elimelech, Elimelech, Elimelech. You know the song? Okay. I probably did it last time. Never leaves me. So um, his wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. And they were um, Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. And they married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. And after they'd lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So that sort of sets up the story. And... uh, And so, remember, we just finished Judges, as I said, and everybody was doing whatever they thought in their own lives was right um, because there, there, there in effect, wasn't a leader. You know, the whole problem was there was a leader. God was always supposed to be their leader. He always intended to be their leader, but they quit asking him anything. They quit hanging out with God, followed false gods. That was the issue. That's why eventually here we're going to end up with kings because... um, the people are going to demand a king, so they, they fix this problem, they think. And, and God was always intended to be that for them. Um, and, and they take kings into their history at great consequence to themselves, and yet they decide to do it. Anyway, uh, uh, there's this big famine that happens in um, Bethlehem at that time. And so this is one of those books where the names mean a lot. Oftentimes there's great meaning in the names, and, and so... When you're, when you're doing a study of any sort, you, you may want to take time to look at some of the names and check them out and see if they have meaning that applies to the story. But Ruth is one of those books where they definitely have significant meaning. Elimelech means my God is king. So that's kind of funny in itself because God should be their king, but he's not looking for God at all because he's leaderless. He's making his own bad decisions. Um, he lives in Bethlehem, which is known as the house of bread. But he's going to leave the house of bread because there is no bread and, uh, and because he doesn't understand that God is his king. And he decides to go to Moab. Moab um, is it's important historically. Uh, and, and historically, they were never kind to the Jewish people. In fact, they had denied them bread while they were wandering. It's kind of significant that he's going there because that's where he thinks he's going to find bread. And uh, they were, they were uh, horribly pagan folks. Um, part of their whole thing was that they offered their children to false deities in sacrifice. And um, they, uh, like I said, they had denied previously Israel bread and water. That was back in Deuteronomy 23 during their wandering. So um, where this story starts to go off right away, if you're looking at the words, is that Elimelech, instead of trusting God, who's his king, to provide for him and his family, he leaves the house of bread and uh, takes his family, takes his wife Naomi, Naomi means pleasant or sweet. That's very important that you understand that. Her two sons, Malon and Kilion, just because it's funny, I think, Malon means sick and Kilion means failing. So you probably shouldn't name your kids after these guys. Uh, And I don't know why they named their kids sick and failing, but the story is that Elimelech, my God is king, leaves the house of bread uh, with his pleasant wife, but his kids who are sick and failing, and they go to Moab. And so... There in Moab, um, uh, they find the, the sons marry two girls, two Moabite girls. One of them is named Ruth. Ruth means friend or companion. That's a, she's got a good name. And Orpah means back of the neck or stiff-necked, but, but 
back of the neck. That's going to be important too. They're there for 10 years, notice, they're, they're, and, um, but yet there's no children. Um, that speaks into the desolation of everything that's going on. And uh, Elimelech dies and both Malon and Kilian die, but you kind of could see that coming because they were already, they were sick and failing before they headed out that way. So uh, off they go. And Naomi is left there, and now that's a big problem because um, both her sons are gone. She has no grandchildren. There's no place for the lineage of her family to go, and that's a significant issue. So uh, there uh, she hears that the famine is over in um, Elimelech, back in the Promised Land, and she says, okay, I'm going to go back to Bethlehem. Uh, That's where I came from. And the the two daughter-in-laws, they say, we're going to go back with you. And uh, she says, you know, why would you do that? I can't provide for you a son. See, there, what should happen, the, the way that it should have happened, is that if there were other sons in her lineage, if she had other children, these, these wives would end up with the other sons in order to continue the, the, uh, the lineage. And, and she says, if you read it, she said, if I go back, even if I had another son, which I can't do, by the time it was all ready for, for you to get one of you, that, it's too long in the process. And uh, so he says, go back to your people and go find a husband for yourself. That's what you need to do. And so they go back and forth a little bit. Orpah, she goes back in the neck, goes back to her people. But Naomi, friend, companion, she says, I'm never going to leave you. She clings to her and she says, um, I, you know, in effect, I believe in your God. Wherever you go, I'm going. I'll follow you. And it's a, it's a really poignant picture of what she says. Your God will be my God. She, she makes his vow and she goes with her. So they head back to Bethlehem. Ruth and Naomi. Remember, Naomi is pleasant. Ruth is friend or companion. Uh, when they get there, everybody runs out and remembers Naomi. And they say Naomi. And, and yet Naomi says, um, uh, don't call me Naomi anymore. Uh, this is what she says in effect. Verses 20 and 21. Don't call me Naomi. Uh, she told them, call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. We've talked about Mara here before. That, and so you should know it means bitter. It was of the bitter waters. They called that place Mara. She said, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. But, you know, I don't know how full she was, but it was, she was more full than she is now. But she left with a husband that didn't trust God and sick and failing kids. And she's come back. And the irony is she's got, she got a friend and companion that swore to stick by her. She's, what she's come back with is not empty at all. She's really come back with a prize. Um, so, so it's a huge deal. Uh, and she said, you know, she kind of blames all this on God in the process. So she comes back. And Ruth, um, being a Moabite, because she's a foreigner, she's allowed to go and um, glean in the fields in the harvest. And um, so strangers, foreigners, were allowed to go behind the workers that were there and pick up what was left behind. And actually, the, they were commanded when they were taking care of their fields, not to go all the way to the edges. Um, They were supposed to leave stuff on purpose for the foreigners. Deuteronomy 24, 19. Uh, When you're harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, don't go back to get it. Leave it for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. Said that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. So uh, they would actually leave a part of this for this whole process. And these, these, uh, these strangers, these foreigners, so they had some provision. They could come in behind and they could pick up what was left over in the process. And so... That's what um, Ruth was going to do because she they needed to get that you know stuff to, to survive on, and uh, so off she goes. Well, it turns out that Naomi has a relative, a distant relative named Boaz, uh, and um, 
She's a, uh, he was a relative of her husband. So it's the right lineage, okay? And um, his name, Boaz, means in him there is strength. Boaz is a really good dude. And, and in, in, when you're looking at Boaz, it's, it's sort of a prophetic picture of Christ and some of the things that he does. Um, not that he was perfect or anything, not Jesus, but he's going to do some things that help us to see what redemption is. And the fact that he's a distant relative is very important because you, you will hear this term come up in, in, um, in even looking at Jesus in, in that Boaz was known as a um, kinsman redeemer. And, and a kinsman redeemer was a very big thing in, to the people of Israel. And um, the, the way it worked is if, if a young woman was married to a man and, and he died before um, they had a male child to pass on the lineage, a, a blood relative of that man would take that woman as a wife and the child, the, the first child that they had, the first male child they had, would carry on that guy's lineage. So um, it was significant in the process. And, um, and so you would have a child, in effect, named after your deceased husband so that you could continue the lineage of your family. That was how that setup worked. And, and um, that's why Naomi was so distraught, why so bitter when she came back, because there was no one, she thought there was no one that was going to be able to step into that process except Boaz is there. And uh, in Ruth 2.3, uh, Ruth goes out. She went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. And as it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. 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 Anyway, uh, she's gleaning and um, they're harvesting the barley and stuff that's going around. And, and she's able to take all that stuff back to Naomi. Uh, and uh, so she's taking care of Naomi. She's serving Naomi. She's loving on Naomi, getting her food for them. And uh, Boaz walks in. And in effect, he says, he notices her and says, who's the girl? And, and they say, well, she's a Moabite. Now, um, that was an insult uh, be, because of the way he said, because the, they didn't like the Moabites. And, uh, and yet, Boaz apparently has heard about the way she's taking care of Naomi. And so he says to the workers, he says, listen, I actually want you to leave some stuff in her path so that she doesn't have to work very hard. So she's going to get a whole lot of stuff to take back to Naomi. And, uh, and then he walks over to her and he says, listen, while you're here in the fields, nobody's going to mess with you. Nobody's going to bother you. Um, I've told my men to leave you alone. And uh, they, you know, I know you're a Moabite. Everybody's going to leave you be. Uh, do your thing. Glean what's left. Uh, you can pick up whatever you want. And you can even drink water out of my pots. I'll provide for you in what you do. And, and so um, she finds this to be an overwhelming kindness. And she's, she's really amazed by it. And, and in effect, what the Bible says is that she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me? I'm a stranger. And and he he says, listen, I've heard what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of her husband, your husband. Uh, It's been fully told to me. I know what you're doing. Uh, And he says, I know how you left your your father and your mother and in your native land. And you came to people that you didn't know before. And uh, he says, and my prayer is that the Lord repays you for what you've done a full reward. Ruth 2.12. May the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. It's a big picture of um, uh, the covering of God, in effect. And so um, it's, it's a great story already, what's taking place. Ruth, she goes back to Naomi. 
She said, you won't believe this. This guy is letting me glean the fields. And she's, she's coming back with a, a pretty significant amount. So they're, they're happy. And she's making, he's making sure that I have water to drink. Just an awesome guy. And, and uh, Naomi goes, ah, Boaz. He's a kinsman redeemer. He's a redeemer. Here's what you've got to do. Now, uh, so the next part is interesting if you know the history. So um, this whole thing about her being a, from Moab is that uh, the Moabites had a bad reputation about what happened after, after drinking took place. And, um, and so when people were drunk, Moab people had a reputation of taking advantage of them. And, and so um, the story starts, and it sounds like Naomi is telling her, listen, when Boaz is drunk, I want you to go sneak in, and, and you're going to sort of get into bed with him, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get him sort of compromised. But it's really not what she's going after. But the, the, the reason that that even is in the works is way back in Genesis 19, where the Moabites came from, is that um, after Sodom and Gomorrah uh, happens, remember Lot escapes with his two daughters, but, but not his wife, and uh, they have to go to a separate place, and the Sodom and Gomorrah are taken care of. And what these two daughters do is they get um, Lot drunk, and then they sleep with Lot, both of them, and they're impregnated by their father. And out of that encounter comes Moab. That's one of the, and that's where the Moabites came from. So that's in their history. And so when you're reading this in the story, you've got to remember when, when people are reading these, they know this history. And so all these stories make sense. Genesis 19, 31 through 37. This is where it comes from. One day the older daughter said to the younger, our father's old. There's no man around here to lie with us, as is the custom all over the earth. Uh, let's get our father to drink wine and then lie with him and preserve our family line through our father. Uh, and that night they got their father to drink wine. And the older daughter went in and lay with him, and he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I lay with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight. You go in and lie with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went and lay with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son. She named him Moab, and he is the father of the Moabites today. So now you've got some history and why this is all sort of important is because that's the picture that's being painted. Um, but now the sort of redemptive version is what we have, is what takes place in Ruth. And, and in effect, what's happened is she says, this, listen, he's going to lay down. When he goes in and lays down, he's going to have a little drink. He's going to lay down and go to sleep. You're going to go in and you're going to uncover his feet. Um, and and, and it, so... She's uncovering his feet so his feet get cold. That's what's going to happen. She's going to be down there, but his feet are going to get cold because they're uncovered, and he's going to wake up, and, and that's what they want him to see. When he wakes up, um, you're not going to be lying next to him so he's comp- it's in a compromising situation at all. You're, you're going to be laying at the bottom of his feet um, at the, where, where it's a safe place to be. So he would be this way, and she'd be down here at the bottom of his feet. And he's going to know right away you're not trying to take advantage of him. And, and when he wakes up, you're going to ask him to be your redeemer. And so the Bible says, you, you keep reading on a roof, Boaz eats and drinks. His heart was merry. He went to lay down at the end of the heap of grain. And uh, she came in softly and uncovered his feet. And she laid down. And, and so um, sure enough, at about midnight, his feet get cold. And uh, he's startled because he gets a sense of something happening down there. at the. You, that would probably startle you, right? And... Uh, <laughs> 
his feet get cold and he wakes up and, and he's like, what in the world is going on here? And, and he, he looks down and there's a woman laying at his feet and, and, uh, um, and, and, and yet she, she was in no way trying to seduce him or anything, which would have been that Moabite's history. She was just down there. Uh, and uh, Ruth 3.9, it says, well, who are you? He says, I am your servant, Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you're a kinsman redeemer. And so, so do you remember when he had prayed not that long ago to, that she would be under the wings of God? And in effect, what she's saying is, look, you can be an instrument to put me under uh, his wings. You're a redeemer. You can change our lives forever. She's saying, put your, put your covering over me and, and make that happen. She's asking him to do that. And so he says that he's going to do that. But he says, wait, but there is somebody else in line who's actually a closer relative than me. And, and so I've got I've to make sure he's okay with it because we, we want to do it the right way. To this, Throughout the book of Judges, not a whole lot of people doing things the right way. But he wants to do this the right way. Ruth 4, 1 through 12. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate because he said, I'm going to try and fix this up. And when the kinsman redeemer he had mentioned came along, there's somebody, a closer relative. Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. And Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, sit here. And they did so. And then he said to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi, who's come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. So all the land holdings went into the lineage thing too. So it was a big deal, right? I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you and I am the next in line. I'll redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, on the day you buy the land from Naomi and from Ruth the Moabitess, you must acquire, you acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. So he's kind of being a little sneaky because the land thing sounded like a good deal. But um, he might have already had a wife and uh, that might not have gone over too well at the house. Oh, yeah, I got some land for us, honey. But also uh, I got a never mind. You see what the problem is. And uh, so the kinsman redeemer, the closest. Well, I can't come and redeem it because I could endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I can't do it. Uh, now, in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. Isn't that funny? Take a sandal. Here you go. Now it's legal. That would be a lot easier than what we have going on, don't you think? It would be a lot easier than all the Here's my shoe. Go ahead. We got a deal? <laughs> Mine would have to be a crock, but it would work out. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I have brought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. Uh, I've also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Malon's widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from the town records. Today you are witnesses. And then the elders, all those at the gate, said we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So, let me keep reading. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth. She became his wife. And then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. And the woman, uh, women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons is given in birth. So that's the whole thing. She said she went empty, but she's, she really 
uh, did well with um, Ruth. Naomi took the child, and now she's not fighting about uh, being called Naomi anymore, uh, laid him up in her lap and cared for him. Uh, and the women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. And he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. Now that's very significant. So Boaz redeems Ruth, uh, and she became his wife, had a baby, and blessed are you now because of this baby Naomi. And so she's gone from... Mara back to uh, Naomi. She's gone from bitter to sweet. That happens throughout the Old Testament. Look for that all the time when you see bitter going to sweet. That's a significant deal. Uh, And it says, uh, Naomi, this child is going to continue your lineage and your family. May he be renowned in Israel. And so this is Obed. And uh, Obed is renowned in Israel because he's part of the lineage of Jesus. Uh, and he was part of the lineage of King David. So, so Obed, that child, Obed, has a son. His name is Jesse. Um, Jesse, you've probably heard of Jesse, had the seven sons that walked in front of Samuel. And, uh, um, and one of them was anointed king. Um, and, and that one was David. Uh, and David came in. Well, they, he wasn't there. They went and found him. He was David. David came rolling in. This is the guy. He becomes king. Matthew 1, ultimately, King David, 4 through 6. Ram, the father of Medinadab, Amminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon. This is now in the New Testament, right? The father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesus. And Jesse, the father of King David. So, another significant person in there is Rahab, because we just read about her in Judges. Remember, that's the one that she got... They got, or Joshua, they got rescued um, when, they, when the campaign started. And so that's happening in the process. She's part of the lineage. And, and, uh, and so you, you see all these redemptive pictures happening of people who were far off who've been brought close in. And uh, the other picture of, of what happens with Boaz is that, that he's a type of Christ. So um, God has a redeemer for our lives, and that's Jesus. And... Um, and, and so his, his redemptive work is still available to us today. Just like these guys, we were all desolate. We were all separate because of our sin. We're empty in the, in the way that Naomi said she was empty um, because, in effect, we'd lost everything. And, and, uh, and, and we have with the, because of the fall. And yet uh, Jesus is willing to redeem us. And so that's significant. And we also, that's a picture is that we come to Jesus in a similar way. Uh, the way uh, Ruth went to Boaz. Um, we, we sort of, we kind of come back to his feet and we ask him to be our redeemer and he says yes and he covers us. It's a very important picture that you see. That's what we're doing. When we go to Jesus, we're doing that same thing. We're coming to his feet and we're asking him to be our redeemer and he says yes and he covers us at that point in time. And, and so it's a picture of him not only saving us but, but making us whole in the process, redeeming us. And then uh, the other thing that happens there, another thing, Obed, I said names were important throughout this, and Obed's name means servant worshiper. 
And, and remember, uh, Ruth means friend or companion. And, and so when you look at the story, when you're a friend or companion with the Redeemer, the result is a life of worship and service. And, uh, and so that's what it looks like as we're following Jesus. We're living for him all in. And that's what redemption looks like. It's moving from bitter to sweet. And so uh, that's, that's why I just love that story of the book of Ruth. And, uh, and so make sure you get a chance to read it. It doesn't take very long. And sort of look at the bigger picture of what's taking place. But that's good enough for today. Uh, if you joined us online, thanks for joining us. And uh, we're going to end it right there. Boom. Prayer requests. If you have prayer requests, pass them up to me, and I will pray for you. And then, uh, if you're of a mind, you can go watch fireworks. I heard thunder too, but they pretty much will fire them off unless it's cranking down. I will watch them on TV tomorrow. pray. Papa, thank you for your goodness to us and your love for us. We come with these requests tonight, God. We pray for Larry and Jill for blessings, Lord, in their, in their lives, in their business, in their health, um, for peace, God, and, and uh, uh, just thankful, God, for all that you're doing. A healing for Mark and for Scott and salvation for George and Misty and Jenna and Gabby. Healing for Dick and Garrison and wife and Anne and Wayne, Linda and Paulette. Comfort, peace and healing for Nita and Jerry and Dwight and Herman and Melody, JC, Colleen, Al, Debbie, Patsy, Ross. We lift up the unspoken request to you, Papa. You know who they are. We ask God that you would move on each one. We pray for our families, our friends, our community, our coworkers. We ask, God, you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area so hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need. We pray, God, for your abundant blessing on us as well, that we might fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Thank you, God, so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are such an awesome, awesome God. And may the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go tonight in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Be thankful for five things, encourage two people, so we can get one lost child back to dad. Have a great night. If you're going out to the fireworks, be Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.